0: Welcome to the Under Center podcast presented by St. Xavier University with Alex Shapiro, Eric Strobel, Brad Fossler on video and Tony Gill running the show. Unfortunately, without Adam Hogue, and I'm Kenneth Davis. This episode will dive into the Red Rockets, Andy Dalton's press introduction. Why the press conference was sans Ryan Pace or uh, Matt Nagy. Alan Robinson signing his franchise tag on the hurry. Uh, Keem Hicks looking forward to perhaps being released to the streets like Sweetie did Quavo and Ryan Pace's Cap Management.
1: As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops. And neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.
0: Do various things. All right. I'm going to just, I, hopefully I'll fly off the, the my hinges on this show. I, I'll try to give you that, Tony. I know that's what you're looking for. But I won't make it just ridiculous and just, just no facts involved in it. So, let's start off with the presser, guys. Um, uneventful I, I have to realize in my head, I can't be mad at Andy Dalton. You know, like I, I tell myself that now it's easy to sit there and be angry with Andy Dalton because of what the front office and Matt Nagy have done. Andy Dalton saw an opportunity, a team that needed a quarterback. Uh, I know that he, he said that there were a couple teams that were looking for him. I mean, perhaps there were a couple of teams that were going to give him starting positions, but nobody was in the dire situation that the Bears were in after failing to get Russell Wilson, which is a tall task, at least to even try to get in, and seem like pie in the sky. So for me, it, it was no real biggie. Um, it, it what stood out to me and it's, it's no big deal that he, he didn't talk to Alan Robinson because Allen Robinson is going through Allen Robinson's things. And I, I really want to get into that a little bit later. Uh, um, it, it came off well. Andy Dalton came off polished as he should be, being a professional uh, QB and a three-time Pro Bowl, a three-time Pro Bowl all this time. The only question I did have, and this is just something, just a little jokey joke, like what were him and Bill Lazor talking about all these years? Like, was Bill Lazor opining to get back together, like in secret? Like, man, you know what we can do if I ever had you back under my tutelage. Like, what, what were the conversations like? But again, I don't think that it was anything big or major. But from you two. What were some of the things that stood out from the Andy Dalton press conference this past week?
1: Well, I, I mean, good to be back with you guys, by the way, I had to sit out the last couple. uh, I was especially bummed to miss the emergency. The bears signed actually Andy Dalton uh, pod. You guys did awesome. There Uh, had to do some bulls. I had some bulls obligations. So I appreciate you guys, uh, you know, going off the handle a little bit like I wanted to then. So um, (laughs) yeah, I mean, he won the press conference as much as you can I mean he was he came off like he should he's a he's a longtime NFL veteran who's been a starting quarterback for a while and knows how to handle his business with the media and he, he he came across just fine and I mean I think I think the bigger problem that fans have myself included and a lot of people out there who have expressed a lot of vitriol is that we had this come down right like we're, we've we've had these weeks of hearing about Russell Wilson and dreaming and hoping and then to have that just just crash down into Andy Dalton. Like, that's not his fault, Ken, like you were saying, but it's, it's a natural reaction for the fan base to be like, well, wait, wait a second. We, we were just envisioning number three, Russell Wilson slinging the ball all over soldier field. Now we have a 33 year old Andy Dalton to to quote unquote, look forward to. I think he's a slight upgrade. I mean, over what the bears had last season. I just don't know if that, that whatever that upgrade is, I don't think it's going to lead to too many more wins. Um, and the laser thing's interesting. I mean, obviously it was, he was a QB coach for Andy Dalton in 2016 and the offensive coordinator in 17 and 18. And it didn't lead to a ton of success. They were pretty, pretty average to below average there. in Cincy those three years, but I would imagine it's just a layer of familiarity for him. So if he's weighing, you know, two or three offers to potentially start, that's a nice kind of feather in the cap. The bears had to be like, Hey, we can kind of give you a soft landing here. We have somebody who's familiar with you, but Definitely just an underwhelming acquisition. That's, that's my obvious uh, take that uh, I wasn't able to share with you the, the other night. But it kind of just, you know, it was clearly contingency. They were trying to go for Russell Wilson by all the reports that have come out since. It didn't happen. And this was their backup plan. And I don't think they're done at quarterback. We'll see where it goes. But
0: for now, it's kind of just meh. Nothing worse than contingency base.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be honest. I don't put a lot of stock in that press conference. I know it was great to hear from him. You can say he won the press conference and all of those things. And, and you're not wrong, right? I mean, it, it he did come off great. He said all the right things, but to know, be clear, I don't
1: think that means anything. I'm just, that's right. just what happened yeah. the other day. <laughs> no,
2: sure. But you know, it's like, you know, who else was really good at winning press conferences was, was Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah. He was always great at the podium. Always said the right stuff. When he came out uh, like dressed up as Ditka for <laughs> Halloween, you know, like one of the greatest bears pressers ever. Um, and Ken, I know you said you're, you're not mad at Dalton. Obviously it's not his fault for signing a, a contract where they told him he could be the starter and we can get to that in a second. Um, but you know, we'll see what happens once he actually takes the field, you know, I, uh, I don't know. It, it, it was a fine press conference. Maybe our standards have been lowered you know, <laughs> for, <laughs> for Bears press like conferences. <laughs> like yeah. Anything. So, you know, it was, uh, it was fine. And then the other thing, you know, that I don't really, put a lot of stock in another reason he said he wanted to come here besides the bill laser familiarity is that the bears assured him. He was the starter. Right. I think he called it pretty enticing pitch. Um, but again, you know, think back to past bears press conferences, Mike Glennon is signed. Um, he said, this is my team. It's Mike Glennon's team. That's my, my year thing. <laughs> right. <This> is, <laughs> yeah. There it is. Thank you. And um, yeah, until, four weeks later, however long it took Trubisky to actually enter the game, you know, they, they went out, they drafted Trubisky after that. And we all know what ended up with Mike Glennon and Mitchell Trubisky. So while sure, it was a great press conference. I just don't know how much we can actually take away from it. Yeah. I, I oh, can, I agree 100%
1: agree. Yeah. That, that it was, they had to do it. He had to talk to the them. They had to drop their guy out and they did it. And like you, you brought up Mike Glennon. That was when they signed this guy, that was my immediate, thought, Alex, is that this guy has been given assurances. He, it's essentially semantics. You're the starter right now. Right. And we all remember that Mike Glennon was the bears representative at their team sponsored draft party. The night they yep. drafted his eventual replacement, which is just the mother of all awkward situations. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, they have that four game stretch where he's terrible. They rushed Trubisky in the starting lineup and Mike Glennon's never heard from in Chicago again. And, uh, he signed before Trubisky, I think in this free agency period, ironically enough, but, uh, yeah, it's uh, it means – the press conference means nothing. Let me be very clear about that. But, I mean, he mm-hmm. came across just fine. And, uh, you know, I think it just remains to be seen, you know, come the draft in five weeks or so. I think that'll be very telling what they do there. And I don't think a, a Nick Foles trade is out of the question here in the next uh, week or two either.
0: Which was crazy. I want to get to the Nick Foles part, yeah. but thinking about Mike yeah. Glenn in that draft night at the Bears draft party, and when they draft Mitch, and with that extensive long neck of his, I bet it was like the <laughs> loudest gulp ever with his Adam's apple. Like, it was heard around the city, like, gulp? <laughs> but look, I want to get to the Nick's fold part. I was shocked when he talked about, you know, Nick Foles and being Texas quarterbacks. And he didn't mention Drew Brees, but I think about cats like Drew Brees and stuff like that. I was shocked that he he, he implied he had to because they, they can't give us any hand on what they may do with Nick Foles. Of course, they would like to get an asset for him if they are going to release him or not. But to hear him talk about those two guys being in the quarterback room together, I will say that part of the press conference he lost for me. <laughs> Cause I was <laughs> like, hell no, I don't want you guys well, anywhere. Talk
1: about, it, talk about a gulp. That's a big time. gulp. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what's God. he going to
0: say? Come on. I agree. I agree. He had to say yeah. it, but it, I, mean, I can say that part I didn't care for, but we were intelligent enough to know you can't play your hand. You still have an asset Nick Foles, quote unquote. So of course you're not going to say it. And again, it's not even his business to detail what's going to happen with Nick Foles, but it did make me think of a sorry quarterback room to say the least that you're gonna have Nick Foles in there. And Eric, you you said that it's an improvement on over last years, part of me doesn't feel like he's an improvement over Mitch. And I, I, don't, I know you guys don't know me. It pains me to say that someone's not better than Mitchell Trubisky. And I'm not. I don't. I've grown out of blaming Mitch entirely for that. I think hindsight being 2020, we know the failures of Matt Nagy and and, and raising up players, growing the football as I mean, say, us uh, say, with these offensive <laughs> players. So I don't blame Mitch as much for that. And I've gotten over that. But like, part of me wishes that we would all show up. To, to Mitch's house like the Clippers did DeAndre Jordan when he was about to sign with the Mavericks, <laughs> you know, when Carmelo sent that the clip of the rocket ship instead of pressing the emote. Like, I, I just witnessed, I'm saying about Mitchell Trubisky. This is how dire the actual situation is because I would feel that there's more of a, ch- there's a better chance uh, to excel next year really just because of Mitch's athleticism and them kind of knowing what to get out of Mitch and then playing part. And I, I, I'll i ask you guys about this later. I, I definitely want to know uh, your thoughts on uh, him talking about Perhaps a quarterback being drafted, but also in part him detailing how many how many uh, options there were on offense. And yeah, if you had Kenny Galladay at your X and you you got there at your Y, you have Allen Robinson, and then it's your slot guy, you got Darnell Mooney, you're cooking with some grease right there. And and, and and earlier on, as Brad said, and with some some water on there. So that's that's an accident way to happen in a yeah, that's way, right? <laughs> right. So so like so that 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 would have made me feel good, but he was blowing smoke up my who. Uh, when he's making it seem like what they have now is, is something that stands out compared to even what he had in Dallas, so that part with, added with the Nick Foles, I really didn't care for during his press conference. I will say this to go along with Alex: he lost that part, Eric, of this press this press conference to me.
1: That's totally fair. I mean, I don't think anyone across the league is looking at the Bears' collection of skill position players and being blown away, right? Like they have some some nice pieces, but it's certainly not a core that you look at in, you know, as a top tier unit. Now, if they, you know, think now that they have a quarterback, at least for this year, maybe they don't go for one at number 20 or with a trade-up. Maybe there's a, uh, an explosive player like a Jalen Waddle or somebody available at number 20 that they can take and really juice up this core now that, because then you have, I guess in that, in that regard, you would have, you know, your Tyreek Hill, if you're Matt Nagy, right. And then you can really start doing some stuff with A-Rob and with Darnell Moody and Cole Komet and Tariq Cohen. Then it starts to get a little interesting. And if they had added Galladay, which they apparently had tried to do, same type of deal. Now you have, you know, multiple threats on every snap, right? But they're still a little ways away from that. We saw the limitations of that group last year, even with some growth down the stretch. Obviously, Tariq Cohen was not on the field for most of the year. Um, I I think with, uh, you know, you were talking about Mitch, right? I think what they're looking at here, this is just my read, obviously, is that Mitch had all the tools, the physical tools, but he wasn't able to process clearly. And I think they're saying, okay, we'll give up a little bit of the tools for a guy who can process the field, who's seen every defense in the book, who's a starter in this league for seven, eight seasons. And they're banking on, okay, if we run the offense and make the decisions we're supposed to make, yeah, maybe I'm not going to get that amazing scramble or whatever, but, you know, Mitch wasn't really doing that the last couple of years either. Um, But we're going to make the right decision more often than not, at least more often than you were beforehand. So that's where I would say it's probably a slight improvement, but I don't think it's some massive jump. I think it's just, it's, it's more than anything. You're just treading water, which is the worst place to be in the NFL.
0: My only part to that caveat would be they felt the same thing with Nick folds. It's sure. given up on some athleticism sure. and being rewarded with someone who can read and knows where the ball needs to go. And, and, and I'm not totally putting out on Nick Foles because we know how that line was, was weaker. And also he played stiffer competition than Mitch necessarily did early in the year. And you're right, Eric, Mitch wasn't running as much, but I feel like the last three to four games, the threat of Mitch helps open up the run game. And that's what I think that that's a value they're going to miss in the future. For sure. No doubt. Yeah,
2: I kind of agree. It's this weird, it's it's this interesting blend, right? They're trying to find of the athleticism, the physical ability to make the plays and the ability to know the right play to make. And I just don't know, you know, what that, what that blend is. We keep going back to the previous press conference where Matt Nagy says, I want a leader, somebody who makes the right decisions and somebody who can run with the ball and be a dual threat obviously Andy Dalton doesn't check that last box. Um, So they want the decision maker who, who is a leader and, you know, he is both of those things, but going back to the wide receiver difference, you know, if a, he doesn't have, if he has it up here, but he may not have that physical ability behind a shoddy line. We still don't know what they are going to do. Maybe they, like you said, draft a playmaker. You know, I I've seen a lot of people talking about the Florida kid Dorsey He looks like he could really fit into a Matt Nagy offense, you know, just get the ball in his hands in space and let him make plays. So if they still have that offensive line issues, let's say they take a step back. Um, I don't know that Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney line up like Amari Cooper and CD lamb and Michael Gallup. They also have a pretty good tight end um, who who was hurt, who should be coming back. Um, I forget his name. But Dalton Schultz came in to replace him. He was okay. Um, Jimmy Graham is still on the team as that, as that red zone option. But, you know, it, for for all of the know-how and for all the leadership skills, if you don't have the time and you don't have the playmakers, um, who knows? Now, again, like you said, Tariq Cohen is coming back. That's a huge, huge thing. Allen Robinson coming back is huge. He's incredible. Um, but I just don't know that the full – the full cast of characters is there like it was in Dallas. I mean, Dallas also had one of the best running backs, uh, one of the, you know, Ezekiel Elliott. And David Montgomery has shown that he can be, you know, a game-changing, a game-impacting running back. But I don't think anybody's saying David Montgomery is Ezekiel Elliott. So that Mm -hmm. is, again, added pressure on Andy Dalton. So, you know, it's this interesting arithmetic of what are the pieces that the Bears truly need in a quarterback that will end up in playoff wins
1: when I think they just, I mean, yes, Nick Foles did play against a very tough stretch of de- of teams and defenses. When he was in and the line was having well-documented issues, but I, I think this addition of Dalton also goes to show that the bears are admitting they were wrong. It wasn't just like, Oh, he had a bad stretch. Like he's not who they thought they were getting, you know, for whatever reason, it it hasn't worked out. But they're like they're giving up. They're essentially giving up on Nick Foles. That was what this this acquisition said to me. Because, like in a vacuum, if you're them and you felt any kind of okay about how he played last year, albeit with some tough circumstances, you're probably saying, okay, he's already under contract. We're up against the cap. Let's just roll our dice with him. Let's draft somebody day two or at twenty or whatever we're going to do, and then we'll move on from the the best thing for our team they didn't do that they spent spend 10 million that forced them to make some pretty drastic moves that we'll get into in a second uh and got another guy so to me that's just this is just another admission or a, a, the biggest admission yet that they know they screwed that up pretty badly
0: last year my last parts for the andy Dalton press conference were uh he listen he came out and basically, I think he left the door open that he was told there's a chance the Bears could draft a quarterback and he may be a mentor to somebody and he seemed like he, he would welcome that he's done it in the past, uh, which I'm happy that at least they're not telling us that no, there's no chance they'll draft a quarterback, even though I do have a fear of giving up a whole lot of draft equity for somebody that these two and Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace may not have their hands on for a long period of time and maybe wondering worrying about what giving up that equity may do in the future. But also, why weren't Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace there? Usually when you're introducing your starting quarterback in the NFL, at least the coach and or the general manager sitting next to him when they're doing it. Uh, so what are your, you two thoughts on perhaps the option being open to the you know, draft, a quarterback, hopefully, and I know you mentioned Eric, hopefully it's not in the second day, like, cause this is the draft where you got second day quarterbacks going in the first round, basically, you know, like with all these quarterbacks, at least two of them are really second day. If everyone wasn't going to, quarterback crazy like they have the last five years. Uh, but what are your thoughts on that door being open and the fact that neither Nagy or Pace were there with Dalton during this press conference?
1: Uh, as far as Matt and Ryan not being there, I honestly didn't read a, a ton into that. The Bears, over the last few years, they've not really done that. That Especially, I guess, I'm going back to last year when it was Zoom, right? You know, th- it, We're kind of in a different era. You can't really use the years before that as a huge point of reference because it's everything's different now. Uh, they haven't been, they, I don't think they were on with Nick Foles when Nick Foles did his first, you know, entry or first, uh, session with the media, Jimmy Graham, uh, Robert Quinn, you know, their three big signings last year. I just don't think it, it, it's, it, it's there. That that's how they've been doing things. Now, whether they should have been there or not, that's a different question because of everything that's been going on and the uproar in the fan base, that's a whole nother can of worms. But uh, personally, I did not read a whole lot into that. Um, as far as quarterbacks in the draft, I mean, they need to draft one they've only drafted one under Ryan Pace, which is, you know, just one of the long, you know, one of the many items on the long list of, of issues he's had as a general manager here. Um, I'm, I'm with you, Ken. Um, I, I don't want them to give up a ton of draft capital unless they are, you know, they have a true shot to get one of those top three or four guys. Um, like, you know, a Justin Fields would be super interesting. Trey Lance, super interesting. I mean, Trevor Lawrence isn't happening. Zach Wilson's probably not happening. They're, they're going to go too high. Um, but Mac Jones doesn't do a ton for me. Would it be interesting? Sure, but doesn't do a ton for me. I think that's probably who you're referring to with day two. Uh, <laughs> going up to day one, yeah. Um, but I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, they, uh, our Adam Hogue um, reported the other day that John Filippo, Bears quarterback's coach, was at Davis Mills' uh, pro day at Stanford. Uh, so that's some – they're clearly scouring. They're going to look at everybody because the odds of one of those guys slipping to them at 20 is low. They'd have to part with a significant asset to move up. So I would imagine they'll take – they'll probably go best pair, player available, excuse me, at 20, whether it's a tackle or a, you know, playmaker of some sort, um, cornerback, you know, at this point well, maybe. That'd, listen, that will uh, piss
0: me off. I'll tell you this.
1: As Me me too. I'm, I'm going to get upset if yeah. they
0: take a quarter in the first round especially when listen to a certain degree he's proven that perhaps that can be a second round pick that he can find a good corner and even though Jalen Johnson's shoulder kind of knocked him out of the first round but if he goes to replace Kyle Fuller oh, we're gonna have some heat on this podcast to say the least I
1: agree yeah. I, I do I would be right there with you I don't want it to happen I'm just saying they have other routes they can take than a quarterback here and then day right. two you know you take one of those a Kyle Trask uh, a Davis Mills a Kellen Mond the, like somebody like that that's not You know, obviously not a first round talent, but it's something that you you know, you gotta take swings. That's their problem. They have not taken swings other than Mitch Trubisky. And when Trubisky didn't work out, they had nothing to go to and they have they've had to make all these panic moves to try and cover up. So they're gonna take a quarterback, it's just a matter of when uh on that last weekend of
0: April. The funny thing about the Russell Wilson situation, it it makes me think like you didn't even have a Cal Orton to offer that team. Like you know how bad it is when you're all when you're it's like I'm gonna give you Cal Orton. You didn't even have a Cal Orton. And when Ron Pace came here, he teased us, knowing that we're Bears fans and how we have angst for the Packers. He teased us with the Packers formula of acquiring quarterbacks through the draft and trading them for draft capital, like Mark Burnell, uh, Aaron Brooks, Matt Hasselback. He teased us like every year. Here, I'm going to draft a quarterback. Going to what you're saying, Eric. And it reminds me from growing up, all right, as I expand and tell you guys about myself, it reminds me of a boyfriend of your, um, your mother. I could say my mother, right? And when you first meet him, you're in the PJs and he's out playing with you in the, during the night. And in a nice way, when I say playing, now you're going to nasty places. I'm talking about just having some good fun. <laughs> And then when he moves in, he doesn't play with you and your big brother anymore. I felt like that's the game that, Matt, that Brian Pace did to us by telling us that he was going to use the draft to establish draft equity, like I said, Green Bay, also like we've seen Bill Belichick do with the yep. Patriots. So it makes me even angrier when you're talking about that. And, and also, this is the last part to what you're saying, Eric, because you're correct. I don't have confidence that you could build up the player to go in and tra- tra- trade him for a higher pick than where you acquired him. Yeah,
1: yeah it's, uh, it's not a good situation they find themselves in. And that's, saying, that's putting it lightly. That's not saying much. It's, it's honestly mind-boggling that they, they've only selected one quarterback since Ryan Pace has been here, which I think this is going into his seventh draft, yes, if I'm is. counting correctly. Yes, that's insane. That's, that's grounds for termination almost right there. And like you, you mentioned, New England, they had the greatest of all time. They took swings almost every year. A lot of them didn't pan out. But you know what? That's, that's what happens. And you know what? One of them did pan out, Jimmy Garoppolo. And if Tom Brady had been a normal human being and retired <laughs> at, a, at a normal age, they would have had a successor right there and been set for another, however, you know, however long. Uh, but you know what? He stayed on. They won a couple more Super Bowls and they got some draft picks for Jimmy G. So, you know, it worked out for everybody involved. It's, uh, it's really interesting to see how this is playing out. It's I mean, obviously as a fan, I'm, I'm upset. Um, it's not great. They're in, they're in neutral. They're stuck in neutral, but as a, you know, kind of going back to 10,000 feet as, as a somebody covering this team, it's just interesting to see how they're trying to wiggle out of this, this predicament they find themselves in because very rarely do you see a front office coaching staff, whatever, get this chance. And it's something I want to get into at some point is, are they maybe working on with more rope than we assume they are? Because these moves they've, they've made here. Sounds like
0: a two- or three-year deal, doesn't it? certainly mm, mm, does. not it? Uh, <laughs> if you're really paying attention, sounds like you guys know you're going to be there next year. Because yeah, they're, the they're, they're, they're making moves th- to me that
1: scream, I know I'm not being judged entirely on 2021. Like, it needs to go well. Mm. They can't, you know, bottom out. But I think there's more leeway here than, than we've assumed for a couple months here since the season ended. That's just my take on the situation.
2: I don't know that we're in full rebuild mode yet, though. I mean... It's a retool. I call it a
0: retool in my mind. You got to be good to retool, though. You can't be average to retool. (laughs) That's that's what what winners do. We retool it on the fly. You know, like... Uh, but I'm with you, Eric. I don't think it's going to be a fool. I, I mean, Alex, and I want you to jump into it. I don't think it's going to be a fool either, but I definitely feel like we're getting an Emory uh real quick was like, we're going to, we're going to rip this defense apart to try to go to the part, to go to the side of the ball that I'm most effective at. And I feel like you're going to get the same consequences. So th- you're going to get the, the, the same result.
2: Maybe. I mean, looking back, you know, hindsight's 2020 20. last week. I I said, I thought Kyle Fuller gets the extension and Akeem Hicks gets cut. But looking back it, it does make, if, if we're going to leave one of those two players, we're going to cut bait with one of those two players that they did cut Kyle Fuller because there were a bunch of cornerbacks on the market already, you know? Um, and again, to put your mind at ease a little bit that I don't think the Bears are going to draft a cornerback in the first round. That would be highly unlikely because they, they signed Desmond Trufant, right? Right. The Lions had cut Desmond Trufant already. Uh, Richard Sherman's on the market. Casey Hayward's on the market. A.J. Bouye, I know he's serving the two game suspension where, you know, if they couldn't get a deal done, I'm sure Ryan Pace looks at the free agent marketplace and says, okay, if I have to make this really tough decision, I know I have very serviceable veteran options. And Desmond Truant is a great player. You know, um, he could. You would put the grade on him. You would put the grade at this point in his career. Well, I don't know. So last season, he definitely has the injury concerns, right? He, last two seasons, yeah. He, yes, last two seasons, really. But when he was with Atlanta, he was a a really good quarterback. He, he made he made one pro ball. I mean, this guy's got great ball skills. As soon as they signed him, I, I threw on that Desmond Trufant tape to see, okay, since we didn't really get to see him with the Lions, what are we getting? And he's great with tip balls. He's got the ball skills, full extension catches. Um, good instincts, undercutting routes where um, he could fit into that Bears turnover style defense. And it could be, you know, as we're talking about retooling, not rebuilding, not a full rebuild. One of those one year contract players that Ryan Pace has signed and has worked out, you know, haha, Clinton Dix that works out really well. Last year, Tayshawn Gibson, yep. one year deal. Uh, Aaron Lynch start off as a one year deal. Then they resigned him. So I think Desmond Trufant fits in as one of those, okay, we are up against it with the cap. And that's a whole different story, right? Should they have been up against the cap because they had to no. sign Andy Dalton because they had to sign all these people? Yeah. You know, I'm a little shocked. I'm a little shocked that they decided to cut bait with Kyle Fuller because, I mean, he is great. He is an all pro. He's, he's you know, he's on his own. He hits really hard. Um, he's a great player. You know, I I would have thought they would have cut uh, Jimmy Graham and Anthony Miller before the two of them. Because then it's like a I did the math earlier. It's like a three million dollar difference. Right. You save eleven million dollars by cutting Kyle Fuller. You save just over eight million dollars by cutting Jimmy Graham and Anthony Miller. And I figure, you know, Anthony Miller, the way George McCaskey spoke about him on the radio, he's he's out of there. Um, Jimmy Graham, I guess they're still holding out that he brings his buddy in Russell Wilson. You know, Adam Schefter, God bless him. He still hasn't shut that down. Uh, you were talking about the Bears. They don't have that Kyle Orton to offer them. You know, we might be living in fantasy land now, but maybe now Andy Dalton is that Kyle Orton. I, whoa!
0: whoa! Do I that's really not, think that that's that's great, a,
2: Well, this is Schefter. You know, this is Adam Schefter saying
0: <laughs> three days in a row. Do like,
2: yeah, three days in a row saying the Seahawks are, you know, don't rule this out just yet. The Seahawks do like Andy Dalton. It sounds crazy. Like I, I admit it. It absolutely sounds crazy, but even uh, Dalton himself said he, he knows what the deal is. He knows that the bears are all in on Russell Wilson. He mentioned that. He's like, yeah, that, that was kind of the situation. And then when they shut that down at that point in time, then the bears reached out and we made this happen. Um, so, you know, getting back to the Kyle Fuller thing, just from a point of opportunity, if you get rid of Akeem Hicks, um, He's another glue guy, you know, equally impactful to the defense. Kyle Fuller and Akeem Hicks are equal high impact players, but I don't know that you will get an Akeem Hicks caliber player on the free agent market right now. Like he had a wide, wide variety of, of really good cornerbacks that were available on the free agent market. BP added more than $70 billion to the U S economy in 2022.
0: I'll say this, yep. too, going back to last week's show, and it's part of the reason I asked Adam uh, after signing Andy Dalton, instead of perhaps restructuring Akeem, restructuring Akeem Hicks deal or Cal Fuller, would they release one of them? And the one that I thought of was Fuller because of Jalen Johnson. And I was like, they, were, they will move the kid and say, you're number one. We'll find a replacement to go with with Vildor or now we know with, with Trufant up uh, That's what I was worried about that they were going to release Kyle Fuller. And one thing too, shout out to Kyle Fuller for not taking less money uh, for a team that basically was breaking their culture and getting rid of what built the team up. You know, like that's that's the thing that had really burns my side with what was what is taking place. I know we're talking about the Fuller thing, but when you're sitting there and you're talking about two cornerstone pieces of that defense, and Kyle Fuller and Akeem Hicks, and you're tossing Akeem Hicks out, and what's the sense? Why should a team? Trade for Akeem Hicks when you're going to release him. It's it's a it's apparent you're going to release him. Why am I going to trade for him and have to pay him what you had to pay him when I can get him on a lesser deal, or and, and perhaps even if it's a multi deal, stretch it out. But when you look at the culture that was built for this team, and ha- and again, this is why I bring up the Emery Tressman thing, and kind of what what you were saying, Alex, as far as why is, is is Miller still here and why is Graham still here, and I'm t- like them going heavy on offense, thinking they, they can rescue this Bears team with what Matt Nagy is quote unquote supposed to be good at. And then, and that this is where I want to apologize to Tony, and this is from the, the first episode when I was here, uh, him being infuriated with Allen Robinson's situation. Alan Robinson, I owe you an apology. They have disrespected you. I looked at it as a formality that you were going to get your money. When they went to Kenny Galladay and was like, hey, we're going to get you some of this back or, right there. But and then they released players on the team that you helped build this culture. And at least, if you even look at like uh, Brendan McCaffrey, if we're going to like go down a little bit, you can pay the guys that we like. You know what I'm saying? Like you you can sit there and say face and be like, "You know what? Uh yeah, we're going to let them go a cam, but here you go running back here go you're the, you're the new guy here goes Christian mccaffrey thank you tony Christian mccaffrey like you can sit there and play even though he's a running back and you really shouldn't get running backs that type of money you could give him that money and so your fan base could be like listen we still have this pillar he's here you're disrespecting Allen robinson and, and again i i, I know listen you get russell wilson and then you sign Allen. I get it. But right now, and I usually go fan in general, but with the franchise tag, I'm using like a support formality. Right now, it's, it's a lot more disrespect on what you've done to this team and how you're destroying the culture that this team was built upon.
1: Um, Before that, get to,
0: sorry, hey, go, go ahead. Go ahead
1: Eric. I was just going to respond to what, you know, the Fuller thing. I think, Alex, you made a great point about if you take these two guys, Hicks and Fuller, are who we identified early on as if they need to make some moves against to get, you know, under the cap. These are two prime candidates, not because of how important they are to the team, not because of how good they are, solely because of their contract status, uh, both going into the final years of their deal, et cetera, et cetera. And I think Alex, it's a great point. Pace knew he had options on the free agent, the bargain veteran free agent market at, uh, at uh, cornerback, and obviously not so much on the defensive line. And over the years, Pace has made it very, very clear, that he values the front seven more than the secondary and pass rush over pass coverage. He's, he's mentioned that many times, uh, whether it was, you know, trading for Mac or signing Quinn as disastrous as that's been the idea there was right. You pair a second fantastic pass rusher in theory with Khalil Mack, And it doesn't, you, you know, it doesn't necessarily matter as much what your coverage is like if you're getting to the quarterback in three seconds or less obviously has not panned out yet. It remains to be seen if that will ever bear fruit, but I think you take those two things and it's, it's easy to see why they went the route that they did, regardless of how unfortunate it is to the culture, to your point, Ken, because it, that is a bummer. This is a homegrown kid drafted first round 2014 has a bit of, you know, great rookie season. Then a couple Rocky years doesn't play at all in 2016 gets publicly called out by Vic Fangio and then responds with, an incredible, the best stretch of cornerback play for the Bears since Prime Charles Tillman, All Pro in twenty eighteen, Pro Bowl eighteen and nineteen. Like just, uh, you know, one of those guys that you you hoped was would be a Bear for the, the whole his whole career, and he's still going to be wearing uh, blue and orange. It's just going to be out <laughs> west. Unfortunately, <laughs> Vic
2: Fangio is the happiest guy in the yeah. World. Get it? He ran. He's like, oh my god. He, Kyle for, Fuller was officially a free agent for like 32 minutes. Yeah. Is this for real? <laughs> Hold on. Is this for yeah. real? But what, whatever know, it is, Kyle, come to Denver.
1: It's uh, it is. It is a shame. I mean, obviously the pandemic plays a little bit of a role here, too, because they clearly weren't planning for the cap to go down by 20 plus million. But that's not an excuse. Every team's got to deal with it. And it's just this is also, you know, we can blame the Packers a little bit, bit for this, too. If you recall, this mm-hmm. is the the poison that's pill the year. Shame. Mm-hmm. of that transition tag offer sheet that they signed Kyle Fuller to a few years back. And this put Ryan Pace in a bind. It's just, you know, it's, it's mis- it's cap mismanagement, no doubt, but that played a role in it too. And then, uh, you know, we, we saw then it was almost like a double whammy cause they, they cut fuller and then the, the report from Brad Biggs comes out that they're letting Akeem Hicks seek a trade. It's like, Oh my God, you're just going to let go of two absolute pillars of your defense, pillars of your team. And, you know, it looks like that's not going to happen with Hicks. We'll see if they can work out an extension, but it's definitely strange times at House Hall. I'm sure the players can't be feeling too great when, you know, and they never do understandably so when you go through a period of roster turmoil like this, but the A-Rob thing sucks. It really sucks. Like obviously he felt like he wasn't going to be able to get 18 mil or more on the open market because he signed, you know, once he saw a lot of these guys signing for, uh, you know, annual averages less than that, that's when he decided to sign his tag. The wide receiver market very depressed so far. The Kenny Galladay deal, notwithstanding, I still hold out hope that they work out something with him before the July fifteenth um, deadline. I mean, right now they're still in the thick of free agency. We have the second wave coming. We have the draft coming. I, I, I hope that they get together and, and realize that this is best for all parties. You know, maybe they kind of clue him in on here is our plan going forward, um, and come to an you know they can come to an understanding. But it's certainly, with the way this has now progressed here this offseason, since we last talked in depth about A Rob, it, it still does not have a good sheen to it. There's no doubt about it. Yeah,
2: for A Rob, I mean, for a while, it did look like, however, that you know maybe Allen Robinson wasn't going to get the contract he was looking for, you know, because like you said, the, the wide receiver market had been depressed. I mean, all of that does kind of go out the window, though, when Kenny Galladay signs that four year deal with the same annual average value as the franchise tech. So he's going to be making that $18 million for the next four years. And you got to imagine Allen Robinson would have earned a higher contract than Kenny Galladay. But for a while, it, it kind of seemed like, hey, you know what? Maybe the Bears were right. Maybe, maybe uh, wide receivers aren't going to go for 20, $22 million a year. That, that changes a little bit now that Kenny Galladay signed his contract. But um, going back to the Akeem Hicks thing as well, I, I don't know that it is a foregone conclusion that he's gone. I know there's a lot of buzz around this report. Well, that I think he's staying.
1: I think he's staying. By the way, I don't. That's I didn't what I mean...
0: want to ask you too. That was yeah. my next question. Oh, okay. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah. I, I apologize. I, I if you thought I was saying he was going to go, I think he's no. Here.
0: I thought you were saying he was going to stay. That's what I thought okay. you were yeah. going to go right, through, right. Eric. And I, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. No, I said that he was going to go put it on blame right on me. Now I said, that.
2: <laughs> no, no, no blame. I'm just also, also saying, yeah, I don't, I don't think it is a foregone conclusion because, you know, especially with this Brad makes report, we don't know the timeline of that trade request. We don't know when that was, that might've been, Hey, you know, we're working on this Russell Wilson deal. We, we might, if you're not included, we might have to, move. you know, who knows what that looks like, you know, things obviously change as as the weeks and the months go on where that could have been a a previous plan where they said, Hey, we might need to move you. If this, that, and the other thing comes to fruition, if those things don't come to fruition, we know a Russell Wilson trade didn't come to fruition. Those things can change Where now. They say, okay, Akeem, you're in Chicago. Um, You are no longer allowed to request a trader. I don't know how those things work, but those, those things are very fluid. Um, so now that Kyle Fuller is out, that might mean Akeem Hicks is in. And I know you said maybe they turned things over to Jalen Johnson because he's young and great. But by the same token, the Bears could have turned things over to Bilal Nichols. He's probably going to slide back over to D-end. So in both cases, the Bears kind of had that safety net. They had the safety net in Jalen Johnson. They had the safety net in Bilal Nichols. Um, but I, I don't think it's necessarily true that both of them are going to be gone.
0: I know with Eddie Goldman coming back, it seems like, yeah, If you, and, and Blau Nichols, the second half of the season, really played well at the nose. But Bilal Nichols is kind of more of a disruptor than Akeem Hicks is a little bit of everything. He's not a speed guy, but just with his power, you know, he's, he's a different five technique guy. I think he's probably during this reign he's been top three. You could say maybe he was four a couple times as far as the five technique guys that are just disrupting everything. And that's my fear to think. And I'm not saying you Alex, but if they think, that he can do what Akeem Hicks did. Because even though with Jalen Johnson, for instance, I mean, Jalen Johnson's skill set is actually better than Cal Fuller's. He's not a better professional than Kyle Fuller, but his skill set leads to him not to necessarily be as zoning, perhaps, as Kyle Fuller is is viewed as being. He can look at a guy, can be man to man. I I kind of apply that to the Bilal Nichols, Akeem Hicks situation where, yeah, Bilal Nichols, any team should want him, especially how the Bears drafted him and and brought brought him up, but still the, the impact that Akeem Hicks, when you go back to that first year with Big Fangio, when the team was so dire and it was like, you know, this defense looks like they're kind of doing something. And Hicks was the guy that you was like, yeah. And and so it would, to me, that would really be hard. Akeem Hicks plays so close to the line that you were afraid, afraid he's going to get ejected and suspended, but that rarely happens, you know, and you love that, that type of guy having that guy on your team. And we know the impact from the times that he's been hurt, how it plays out on that defense. So listen, if you guys are, I hope you guys are right that Akeem Hicks, here because at least then we know the defense won't be decimated. I, I do think, and I guess I, the question I want to ask you guys is: there still enough talent on that defense to have them from ten to fifteen? You know, and and also that's the second part. What does it say about what, what, what Sean Desai is going to do? I know the defense is supposed to look like a, a Vic Fangio and also just everybody he's kind of been around, but particularly Vic Fangio. But what are they going to do if one Akeem Hicks is gone or if they stand pat with the guys they have now without Kyle Fuller being there? What's your expectations for Desai and this defense in the 2021 season? Uh, I think they could
2: 100% still be a top, top half defense, if not a top 10 defense. I mean, you still have Khalil Mack. He is still really, really good. And we know he was banged up last year. Um, If he comes back, he's 100% healthy. And hopefully he doesn't get those, you know, little nagging injuries throughout the season. You know, a 70% Khalil Mack is still really, really good. But, you know, and he's not taking himself out of the game. They're not taking him out of the game if he's 70, 75%. But, you know, if he's 100% or 90%, that's, that's a big difference. You still have Eddie Jackson, Um, who's back there, and Sean Desai, he's already said he's going to run a more similar Vic Fangio defense. He's the safety's defense. To me, I'm thinking Sean Desai is probably going to try and do some things to help Eddie Jackson impact the game. more. Now, last season, he had a couple pick sixes taken away, which is incredibly unfortunate. You know, bad penalties, taking points off the board for the Bears defense and for Eddie Jackson. So that's kind of its own separate story, but I expect to decide to try and do things to a get after the quarterback with Julio Mack and Robert Quinn, hopefully Robert Quinn. He was a little bit on an upward trend towards the end of the season. So maybe he's like, um, Adam Dunn, you know, comeback player of the year, go into the white Sox. Now, sorry to bring this over to white Sox baseball, but I think, you know, Adam Dunn, they signed him. He's terrible. One of the worst free agent signings in white Sox history. And the next year he's like, Oh, actually he's pretty good. He made an impact, comeback player of the year. So maybe we get a little Adam Dunn comeback player of the year action from uh, Robert Quinn. And then if if we can get more out of Eddie Jackson, um, I think Desmond Trufant is a solid one you're signing. Jalen Johnson we know is good. Roquan Smith, if he just continues to play at an all-pro level, if all of these guys continue to play well, I don't think – just losing Kyle Fuller as much as it hurts, and as much as he's such a culture great Bears guy that you want to build a defense around, and it's an important part of the defense that they 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 should still be a top ten defense.
0: You didn't, Adam, dun me though, did you? Are you, Adam, I'm Dummy? Adam, dunning you. I'm Adam, in you
2: with Robert Quinn. Oh, <laughs> I was trying to think of a a good Bears uh, comparison. But for some reason, I don't know why, Adam Dunn just haunts my dreams still. Obviously, I'm still, like, very, very <laughs> – I'm not over it. I'm still not over Adam. <laughs> no, he's, he's Wait, still on the mind.
0: On, outside of on other sports, on the text thread, it's nice to know with your Pac-12 Big Ten hate that you sent to the text. Yeah, yeah, the Big Ten's been exposed. He <laughs> <laughs> has been exposed, that too.
2: I, I don't know what happened with the Wisconsin game. I went out of the living room, so I don't know what's going on with Wisconsin Baylor, but – the Big Ten is also low-key been exposed. Not even low-key. High-key Ben <laughs> Uh,
1: I'll give you a Cub. I'm a Cubs fan, so I'll go the other side of town. I'll go, I, I'll go with the John Lester comp because, A, bad first season, iffy first season, settled in second season, was able to get up. That would be what I would – I'm not saying he is the level of John Lester or – but we're talking like big signing that maybe wasn't living up to expectations. Get a season in town. You get a sense for the 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 culture and the pressure and the expectations, and you come in a little more a uh, little more comfortable season two. Now, again, not trying to come, uh, compare the the level of the player or the impact or whatever, but I just think big contract re- recent for another team I root for or, or Jason Hayward even guys that kinda... I was going to say.
0: Oh, I see, you took it from me. I was going to use Jason Hayward. Oh, I was sorry. waiting for. I was going to say this. <laughs> okay. Jason Hayward two- is like.
1: Yeah, two that's guys who view. came in and had a bit of a rough first season compared to expectations, and then were able to settle in and, and kind of succeed from there on.
0: And this is terrible that we're doing this. This is how bad the Bears are that we're going to the MLB. It's kind of <laughs> like the Albert, it's kind of like the Albert Bell signing. I believe hmm. his first first year with the Sox was okay. Then his second year, he took off the second half, and that's when he had an opt-out in his clause, opt-out clause in his contract, and he broke bit broke bounds well, to Baltimore. But look there you look, go. Look, yeah, let's just – that's how bad this situation has become. <laughs> I, that we start I also, talking about – go ahead.
1: I was going to say, I also don't think he was fully healthy last year. There were a lot of rumors that he was dealing with some some foot problems that were really affecting him. So I hold out hope that that's not going to be a complete waste of a contract um, and that he's able to, you know, create a formidable pass rushing duo. We'll see. But just real quick on the defense, Ken. I know you asked us about, about the D and Sean DeSai his influence when I still look at it as you have a all pro caliber player at every level of the defense, you have Khalil Mack mm. slash Akeem Hicks slash Eddie Goldman on the, on the front. And then you have Roquan Smith who was jobbed out of an all Pro spot this past season. And Eddie Jackson for as, as rough as his last season season and a half has been, yeah, yeah. we we've seen him play at that really, really high special level that had him getting compared to Ed Reed by national prognosticators. And if Sean Desai, Alex brought up, it's his position coach. If anyone knows how to unlock him, it's Sean Desai. So we'll see how that goes. But I look at that. I look at the fact that you have Eddie Goldman coming back. That was low-key a massive, massive loss last year. They Mm -hmm. still played well on defense, but they missed him big time. Um, Add him back to the mix. Fuller will be a loss, no doubt about it. But I think there's still more than enough talent. Sean Desai is intimately familiar with this group. I, uh, I do think i'd be disappointed even if they were not a top 10 defense this year that i'll go so far as to say that
0: okay you guys got me a tad bit more hyped than i would be and i'll say this if they can unlock the front seven and if robert quinn can really give you what you expect that second door you won't need that second door to do as well as it needs to be because all those pressures is going to have the ball coming out uh so fast that they should be able to get back to get an interception. So, again, I, I'm, I'm hoping both of you, Alex and Eric, have said they still have the talent. I know that. And that's what I want the fan base to know. The talent is still there. It's unlocking it or setting it up in the proper yeah. scheme to get the most out of it, which seems like we haven't been getting the last couple of years.
2: I think the question mark is still on. The question marks are still on offense. We don't know what the offensive line is going to be. Allen Robinson answered a huge question mark. But we still don't know what the offensive line is going to be. We still don't really know what we're going to get out of the quarterback. Andy Dalton is a he's a serviceable starter. You know, I I think he probably is a starter in this league. But again, we still don't know what this offense is going to be. Can they actually put points on the board? The defense, even with fuller loss, I think is still fewer question
0: marks. All right, for Alex, Eric, Tony, and Brad, and Adam, I mean, Adam Hogue's not here. This is the Under Center Podcast. Check us out every Monday. Rate, subscribe, review. He'll give us that five star. And listen, don't treat your family like trash because the Bears are treating you like trash. <laughs> Thanks for checking out the Under Center Podcast. Check us out every Monday. And when emergency episodes are needed, make sure you rate, subscribe, review, and give us that five star. And subscribe to NBC Sports Chicago's YouTube page to take in all of our sexy.